Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 26 of What's Happening in Travel and I'm here with my buddy Kushtra. Excellent and, uh, and I'm Kerwin and uh, let's see today's date is Saturday August 22nd so I hope you guys are enjoying the episodes and please 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 uh, send us a note and tell us how we're doing um, we don't get much feedback so we don't know how we're doing and uh, it's good just to get an idea. You know, let us know if the topics we're, we're saying make sense. Are we just rambling too long? Because we probably are, but we don't know. So let us know. So uh, if you're watching it online, uh, you can see our backgrounds. I think I have a Copa airplane landing in St. Martin. And what do you have, Kisho? Uh, seen at Los Angeles International, LAX. Ah, there we go. And I think I think I saw like an Emirates or a Turkish and a Lufthansa airplane in there. So that's very cool. We're trying to jazz it up a little bit. Um, okay, so the first story we have is that um, the Indian low-cost carrier Spice, Spice Jet is doing something really interesting with a much larger plane than they normally have. What are they doing, Kishore? Well, what I think is ironic is that we first talked about Spice Jet last week. Uh-huh. And uh, here again, they're in the news uh, because India is basically still under lockdown. Now, just to back up again a little bit, Spicejet is a low-cost carrier based out of India. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fly only 737s. But I didn't realize this until fairly recently. They have a fairly thriving cargo yeah. Uh, operation called Spice Express. Okay. They've operated with uh, Q400s and four 737s. Now they have got a 340, 300. <laughs> and uh, it seems like a very odd and fuel inefficient aircraft to get. Right. But um, given the situation, they've probably got it at a really cheap price. Um, and apparently it came from Highfly, which is a Portuguese um, uh, ACMI operator. Remember, this is the company that took the first retired Singapore Airlines um, A380. Right. Converted it into a semi-freighter. Well, it turns out they've done the same with this A340. So they've taken out all the seats, and now this is an empty... Um, A340 with uh, cargo capacity on the main deck and in the uh, hold. Okay. With a capacity of anywhere from 35 to 50 tons. Uh, but I still think it's a little odd that um, only cargo that can fit through the doors, the passenger doors, can be taken on board. But I guess uh, uh, SpiceJet thought, thought through that. Yeah. And they were okay with it. And uh, what they're doing is they're trying to expand further into Europe and Asia and Africa. Because they go all the way from the Philippines right. and Hong Kong to um, the Middle East. And I didn't realize this either, but they have this hub in Ras Al Khaimah, which is the RAK airport code in the UAE. And they essentially feed that um, for distribution into different countries in the Middle East. 
Uh, okay. And so what they want to do is try and penetrate um, Europe and, as I said, Africa, because this has been quite profitable for them. Um, and I had some numbers um, from March 25th to May 6th, which was the most stringent um, time frame for the India lockdown. Right. They flew 825 cargo-only flights carrying 6,000 tons of cargo, which is more than double that of all the other Indian carriers combined. So they saw the money. They saw the money. And given <laughs> that the yield um, for cargo is so high right now, um, they decided to uh, venture further into this endeavor. Well, I'm still surprised at the 340. Uh, because India has this rule, this is a 21-year-old aircraft, by the way, but India has this rule that you cannot import um, aircraft more than, of more than 15 years vintage or uh, past 75% of its designed economic um, time frame, economic life, if you will, and or, sorry, or more than 45,000 pressurization uh, cycles, the takeoffs and landings. Okay. But since HiFly is going to operate this, there's going to be no change of registration um, to uh, India, and it's going to be operated with HiFly crew. Now, I'm curious, oh, so this is an all-white aircraft. So I'm curious to see if they will repaint it. Yeah. I, it's going to be an expensive airframe to operate. Yeah. So, okay, so that oh. makes sense. So they just figure, let's make some quick money on it for both operators, right? Both That's high right. fly and spy right. And you're yep. also helping a situation out because you need a lot of cargo yep. to go through. Yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, the, the fact that, you know, the airplanes, people don't realize how important airplanes are, right? They do carry yeah. food. And, you know, in a place like India with such a large population, um, yeah. that was a big problem because the regular flights weren't going anywhere. And as non-revs, you know that we get offloaded every now and again for cargo. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to see that some of the carriers are, you know, trying Being to... Being resourceful. Yeah, yeah. So. I think I saw something that said American... Uh, was it American? It was carrying like more cargo than it ever carried or something. United. Like it was it United? Okay. Outpacing all the others. But I, I, yeah. the others have caught up, like American and Delta. I think they've seen the light. Show uh, me the money. Show yep. me the money. Oh, yep. that's pretty cool. All right, good. Oh, Seeker oh. Show, we have good news. We don't always have bad news. But, um, okay, here's another news. Uh, Singapore Airlines and uh, ANA is uh, doing some cool stuff. Uh, what are they doing? Again, um, I thought this was really, really unique, at least what Singapore is doing. Um, so they're being hit on all sides because they've got a quarantine um, and they're being hit from the bottom with yeah. the Asian LCCs and from the top as well with premium carriers. So what they've done is they have diversified their revenue streams by venturing into non-airline professions. Now, Singapore Airlines, almost every airline person knows, is renowned for their customer service. 
So what they've done is to leverage that skill to um, a hospital in Singapore. Uh, this is, let me make sure I get the name right. It's the Kutek Wat Hospital, uh, which is in the northern part of Singapore, sort of near the Straits of Johor, near the border with Malaysia. But regardless, uh, they are starting a six uh, program for 10 days um, that would use 60 Singapore Airlines customer service staff to treat to um, a course for customer service at this hospital. Uh, there we go. And they've got an additional program where they would deploy um, HR, resource management, digital transformation, and airline operations staff to this hospital for things like um, um, hospital operations using their crew resource management. Okay. I thought this was such a great idea. It does, it does make sense. And remember the, the same thing I was saying last time, maybe last week ago, but this wasn't on recording, but um, there are so many airline people that are out of work. That's right. They, and there are so many other industries that are really doing well that there should be a way to harness and bridge that gap between all the talent you have over here who are doing nothing because their industry isn't working and over here where they're in overdrive. Yeah, and given the prestige that SQ has in Singapore and around the world really, yeah, um, I can see customers uh, paying a premium for their services. That but again, I thought a great idea. Well done. So what's ANA doing? Same thing or? Not exactly. ANA is doing something a little bit different. Okay. Um, they are testing and are about to deploy, apparently, um, toilet door of all, of all things that doesn't require you to touch anything. So essentially, it's, the, it's a toilet door on an aircraft <laughs> that you can open with your elbow and more importantly, you can lock with your elbow. Uh. So what they've been doing is they've been testing this at Haneda Airport. I'm assuming at one of their lounges, but, um, and they've been doing this since May. And they're doing it through the end of August. And uh, um, so they're going to tr trial it on certain aircraft. But what is unclear is whether um, this design would need to pass through, you know, certain airworthiness directives or other certification before being actually used on a plane. Uh, now, given that ANA is such a huge 787 operator, um, a lot of people would realize that the toilet flush operation as well as the uh, water faucet operation is all touchless. So um, if they can arrange this entry and exit into restrooms on airplanes as uh, essentially hands-free. I think it would be a great idea. It would be. And the restrooms on those ANA planes are not as small as the American restrooms. So. Yes. American <laughs> airline restrooms. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's too funny. That's cool. I like that. I really like that. Most, most airplane lavatories have a round um, handle to get in and out. Yeah. So um, this is more like, um, uh, I want to say an Asian 
door handle. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Again, a good idea, I thought. And no, they're working right. with um, a well-known um, uh, aircraft interior company mm -hmm. called Jamco, mm -hmm. an interior aircraft interior supplier. Okay. So uh, they just a few more facts. They thought of doing a foot-operated um, entry, and why? Then they, they reasoned that? Um, that it would uh, perhaps cause people to go off balance and maybe fall. Hmm. And then on a separate note, a separate but related note, uh, this Heiko, which is H A E C O, which is the Hong Kong-based engineering company. Um, their America's uh, affiliate is testing bathroom on aircraft um, entry and exit using sensors. That's not bad. So that'll be interesting to see how that would work. Yeah, I just wish but they would just automatically be clean. So, like, you once you leave, you press that little button and it cleans it. I'm sure that's coming because remember they have those on the streets of Paris and uh, New York. See, that's those what you need. that clean themselves. That's exactly what you need. It just cleans itself, so when I go in, it's nice and clean, and I don't have to worry about it. Yep, because I'm they're sure already so coming. tiny. Uh, yep. that's, I'm glad they're doing cool stuff. Again, very different topics. I would never expect myself to talk about yeah. bathrooms. Oh, that's sure. Funny. Um, Cool, cool stuff. I, I'm glad that we have really good, interesting stuff. So um, the next thing we're talking about, and so Your Wings is a low-cost carrier in the in Western Germany, kind of a part of the whole Lufthansa Group thing, and they yeah. kind of took up a whole bunch of rides when Air Berlin went out of business. And um, so now, what are they? What are they? What's next on the radar for them? For um... Those of you that remember in May, in, at least in the US, Frontier tried this. So with all this fear of um, uh, social distancing, Frontier tried um, to institute this offer, if you will, that a passenger on Frontier could purchase the seat next to them for an additional US dollar, $39 fee. And of course, they got blasted by especially legislators that they were putting profitability ahead of passengers of safety. Which they were. <laughs> and they had to discontinue that within one day of announcing it. So now Eurowings has taken up the, the uh, uh, challenge and has instituted the same rule. Uh. So they started in May. Um, and what they've found that since they did this, they've had um, more than 5,000 people take up this offer. So what they've done is that they've said a very similar thing. You can book the seat next to you, but the cost would be only 18 euros, which is about US dollar 21. So as I said, about 5,000 people have taken up this uh, offer. And uh, they're going to um, make this available to most flights in the Eurowings uh, schedule uh, starting in September. Hmm. So, again, if you can do it, why not? Yeah. So, and so you have passengers willing to pay for it. 
Of course, because you want to see it empty next year, right? Um, Alaska Airlines is doing something not quite like that, but they have a twofer. Uh, it's not it's not a buy one get one free. I think it's like you buy one and you get the other one discounted, like fifty percent off or something like that. So I guess this is very similar. Yeah, is what they. But say. it's much more than fifty percent off. Yeah, yeah. I because so, I saw that um, they give you a code and you type the code in, and then when you buy it, okay. you, you have to say you want two seats, and then when you book it, you put the code in, and then it takes the discount off the second seat. Okay. I think is what it does. Um, and the only thing I, I'm curious about is what would happen if a passenger, let's say on a three seat section, the other passenger, let's say at the window or the aisle, puts his or her items on that middle seat. <laughs> Will people object? They'll duke it up. Uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> would, would defeat the entire purpose yeah, it's like, well, listen, of the social. I paid for that seat, so you can't put your jacket on there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully people will be a little nicer. Sensible? No. Yeah. I, I, that, that, that's false hope. Uh, that's too funny. Well, good. Uh, you know, it, it's, I think it's, it's usually the approach uh, with these things. Um, I think with Frontier, it was kind of too soon. And, yes, um, I think so. Yeah, it was too soon and their approach was really weird. And so people was like, well, wait, you're trying to make money off of me, which they were. Um, so, and yeah, it, but um, actually, on that same subject, uh -huh. I just want to add this one more thing. Um, just this week, actually, fairly recently, day before yesterday or something, Delta, um, again, for those of you who are unaware, they've always kept their middle seat open and they had extended it till the end of September. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that they're now extending that until January 6th, which is past the Christmas and New Year holiday peak travel periods. Again, it's pretty remarkable, I think, yeah. because it's got them a lot of good, positive publicity. But what they've also done is that they've increased their load factor um, upper limit. So until recently, they have allowed their planes to be booked up to 60% of uh, Y capacity. But now they've increased it to 75%. So how are they doing that with the middle seat empty? That's my question. How are they going <laughs> to do that with the middle seat open? That is amazing. Because I don't think that's going to work. But clearly they thought of this. Uh, we need to do the math so, on that. Why did they? So, so does this mean that they were, already, they were already blocking some more seats? That is correct. That's what they were already doing. Yes, so, they so, were allowing their flights to only leave at 60% load factor in Y. Okay, so they're now they're going to up that to 75%. So what we need to do, we need to check to see. Um, like let's say on a 737 or a 321, yeah, yeah. how many seats really need to be. Yeah, so they must, have had, they must have had empty rows up until, up yeah. until that point. Because I know that they had, you know, that might be trivial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, I mean, because it makes sense. It's only math, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So that must have been what they're doing. I got lazy yeah. and didn't do, do the math on, let's say, one aircraft deck. Yeah, to see how it works. Now, the thing, yeah. with, the thing, with, the thing with the empty seat thing is that, and I, I, um, Delta is actually smart about it. I need to look at their schedule and see if they're having uh, wingtip wing flights to certain uh -huh. destinations. 
because um, you know they have all these airplanes sitting. So basically, a wingtip flight is just flights that go to the same destination within like an hour of each other yeah. or something like that. So what they can do is uh, instead of having one, one plane at 100 percent, you know, you have two planes at 60 or two planes at 75. And you would have had that plane parked anyway because you don't have the traffic. Of course, it's yeah. costing you more, but at least you're taking more passengers. So. Yeah, maybe that's what they're gonna do because they have a ton of planes parked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, well done on that one. Um, the other one we have is that um, what's going on with the U.S. and China agreement with um, all these flights that we have? Because so between all this, we're still flying to China, right? We are still flying. Yes. Yeah. So uh, pre-COVID, uh huh, um, they have three hundred flights a week between the US and China. Okay. Which makes sense. Right. So they had this big fight. And of course, uh, uh, each country banned the other from flying. Yes. So they were up to four flights a week by country. So what they've done this week is that they've now doubled that to eight flights a week. Okay. So. Uh, it currently, from the U.S. side, affects only Delta and United because the American has not announced flights to China. Right. And from the Chinese side, it's Air China, China Eastern, China Southern, and Xiamen Airlines of all, all carriers. Hmm. I thought it would be Hainan, but it's Xiamen. Um, so what the U.S. carriers have done is that they've, for United at least, they've doubled San Francisco, Shanghai, via Seoul Incheon four times a week from two. Okay. And what Delta has done is that they've done, they've increased uh, Detroit, Shanghai, and Seattle, Shanghai, both again via Seoul. So the US side has already decided how they're going to take advantage of these increased frequencies. So, so, but but before you go, Krisha, um, what are the procedures to go to China now? Um, um, I think you have to quarantine, actually, in China. I'm fairly certain you have to. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know the specifics. And who are these people flying? <laughs> uh, that's just a rhetorical question. <laughs> I thought the U.S. had banned all flights and people coming from China to the U.S. To that's what we keep hearing. Really, but, I've misunderstood something or don't know all the details. Yeah, because I mean, they, I've seen those flights and even Canada, uh, even when we just started, they said there were some bans, but there were like flights. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, what you hear on radio and TV is not what happens in real life. Right. And it, I think it's very interesting that all of these carriers are routing their flights over Seoul. Yeah. So but not, I believe they do not have operate marketing rights from Seoul to China. Yeah, but why are they going just, to Seoul though and not going to yeah. China? And I just read that KLM is doing the same thing. That they are operating into China, but again, all via Seoul. All right, Chris. So that's your assignment. We need to figure we need to get to the bottom of that and figure out what's going on with that. Because clearly something is going on there, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so. All right, cool. Uh, the other item we had was, um, so we've been talking about uh, 
Now, I guess is this, this, this probably should have been an update because it is an update, but um, let's, well, we're going we're gonna to jump to it. We have a story about Brazil getting a new airline with a name that we all know before. What is that? Uh, I'm not sure I knew about it, but if you're in Brazil or Latin America, I'm sure you know about it. It's called Ita Pemirin. Now, this is a large, large conglomerate in Brazil, mm -hmm. and it is the largest operator of bus transport in Brazil and Latin America. Oh, I've, I've taken one of their buses. Yes? Yes. They're, okay. They're well, awesome. it's pretty interesting company because they have um, affiliates in the construction business, in mining, uh -huh. in hotels and restaurants, um, as well as insurance and vehicles. So That's long amazing. story short, what they've decided to do is diversify into an airline. And it's going to be called ITA Transportes Aereos, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And um, they have a yellow logo and very similar to Spirit in the US. The aircraft are going to be painted fully in yellow with this ITA logo on the tail. And what they've done is they've decided on the Airbus 320. Oh, okay. So now remember that Avianca and uh, Latam Brazil both went out of business. So there's sort of this market void that has been left in Brazil, which is a huge country in case anyone didn't realize it that. It definitely is, yeah. Um, so what they've decided to do is take advantage and step in. Um, they're going to start next year, 2021, with 10 of these uh, A320s. Okay. And again, what I thought was very distinctive and unique is that this is funded by the UAE of all places. Really? Yes. Uh, from about, I, th I believe it's a 500 US dollar in million investment from the UAE. So they don't call them an LCE, LCC, mm -hmm. call them a quality carrier. Oh, so they're going to be point to point. It's just another name for an LCC. Yes. <laughs> and they're not going to have a, a first class or a premium economy. Yeah. But they're going to have a comfort class that would offer premium services. I guess a little more space and things. They haven't specified exactly what that's going to be. But um, uh, they insist they're going to remain a regional carrier. Okay. That sounds so good. They'd have to go into competition with Azul and Gol, but uh, given yeah. the vacuum left by Ivianka and Latam. Huh. That's um, interesting. Yeah. So the, the fun part about all this is that um, as, the, as the industry seems to constrict itself, um, you have all these new carriers coming out of there because a lot of this world has a lot of money and apparently everybody wants to own an airline. <laughs> so I know, yeah. I know. Well, I'm sure they, they're aware. Oh my they're God. They're going to lose a lot of money. But yeah. uh, I just wanted to point out one more thing. I was curious about, about this Ita Pemirin name. Uh -huh. And it turns out that the company started in 1953, I believe. Okay. In the municipality of Ita Pemirin, which is in... Espirito Santos state in Brazil. Okay, that makes sense. Which yeah. is northeast of uh, Favalo and Rio. 
and yeah. just about east of uh, Belo Horizonte on the coast. Okay, very cool. So I remember United used to fly to Belo Horizonte. Yes. I never That's did. That's an intermediate that. stop. Yeah, I never did make Continental that. used to fly, actually, not United. Oh, Continental, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God, how soon I forget. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is that all you had on that topic? Yes. yes. Okay. So, um, we're actually at almost half an hour. And what we're trying to do, we're trying to make these episodes half an hour. So, what we're going to do is um, we're going to close this episode. And then we have some more items, and we're going to do another episode. Because we don't want to keep you too long. And since we don't know how we're doing, uh, we figure half an hour is probably just about enough for you to, to digest. So um, uh, we're going to wrap episode 26. Remember, if you, uh, we're on Spotify, we're on uh, Google Podcast, we're on um, Apple Podcast, we're out here all over the place. Um, leave us a note, tell us how we're doing. Uh, share the podcast and we'd love to hear from you. So once again, this is Kerwin and my buddy. This is Kushro. And we are signing and off. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Please let us know if it is okay to go beyond 30 minutes. Oh, it's totally okay. We're totally going beyond 30 minutes. No, just kidding. But yeah, we really want to be able to, to try to keep it. Because um, the last oh, episode that was like an hour and 10 minutes. And this one could be an hour and 10 minutes as well. So we're going to keep it in half an hour chunks. And then, uh, so you'll have episode 26 and then episode 27 will be the next one. Um, so this is Kerwin and my buddy. Bushro. And we are signing off for episode 26. See you Thank guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs>